Welcome to Adjusting Frequencies, a Cornell Media Guild podcast documenting the stories and the people behind WVBR, CornellRadio.com, and Electric Buffalo Records. I'm Christopher Morales. We're back in 2021 for Season 2, and my first guest is Becky Rohr, class of 95. Becky and I actually spoke last fall, but in this conversation, she shares some of her most memorable moments as a newscaster for WVBR. This included covering updates on the trial of O.J. Simpson, a sense of pride when WVBR was present at a presidential inauguration, and an interesting poster that promoted the importance of pronunciation. Becky also reflects on the lessons learned during her time at WVBR, leading to her career as a lawyer. Check out this interview. Well, Becky Rohr, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Adjusting Frequencies, the Cornell Media Guild podcast. As you know, I'm on a mission to interview other alumni from the Guild over the years, past, present, hopefully in the future as well, as we get more graduates like myself, just collecting their stories and their experiences and, and what life was like back in the day. Uh, in any case, though, I just want to get straight into it. What were the first days like joining uh, the Cornell Media Guild? Yes, thank you for having me, first of all. So I joined the, uh, the station my freshman year, second semester. I had been interested in journalism, and my first semester, I worked on the Cornell Daily Sun, and I saw a flyer about WVBR and went to a meeting, and I participated in WVBR the rest of my time at Cornell, other than my junior year when I studied abroad. I, uh, I checked out the meeting, and, and I just Loved it. And I was a newscaster the whole time. So you worked for the competition, the Cornell Daily Sun? <laughs> for a little bit, for a little bit. You know, what's funny is um, you're talking with a lot of alumni, alumni as of recent. They keep asking about Slope Media and saying Slope Media was really our number one competitor. And when they see these announcements in that some students are working for both organizations, they get flustered, they get frustrated, they, they question everything. And I think, um, at least for the newsies over on the VBR side, we say the same thing in terms of the Cornell Daily Sun, but truth be told, they're focusing on two separate things. You know, Someone's more focused on, on, on the Cornell campus and other people are more focused on uh, the local town, the region and headlines happening elsewhere in the real world. That was definitely true when I was there um, in, uh, in the early 90s, especially because the station had, um, had recently moved off campus and the focus was definitely more on things going on in Ithaca and in Tompkins County, whereas the Cornell Daily Sun was much more focused on things going on at the university. Mm. So I want to ask, in terms of your training to be a newscaster, did you have a particular mentor? Or do you remember just being under the guidance of someone in specific uh, when it came to, to practicing journalism and who you went to for advice? So I don't I don't think I had really one particular mentor. And I would say that that's the, it was a great thing about the station, actually, that it's a group of people who were all there wanting the station to succeed and wanting, uh, wanting to help other people who are interested in it. And so really from the very beginning, we were all encouraged to um, just take advantage of the opportunities. If you wanted to be on the air every day, you could probably do that. And just get on the air over and over and practice. And it, the other people at the station, from the newscasters, the jocks, to the, to the sports guys, were all, um, were all supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you mind breaking down uh, some of the, the major stories you had a chance to, to cover, different experiences that you had, and one that I wanted to bring up in particular is one that I didn't get to live through, but still carries a, a bigger legacy to this day, the O.J. Simpson trial, the headlines, just what was going on around that time at VBR for you? 
Yeah. So the O.J. Simpson trial um, started when I was in uh, when I was at BBR, and I remember uh, sitting across the desk, um, you know, at the typewriters, preparing my news story, and I was planning to lead with the O.J. Simpson trial, and I was talking to the sportscaster, who also was planning to lead with it because, you know, from my perspective, it was a double murder trial. It was a famous person in the news, and it was a news story. And from his perspective, it's a famous former football player. So it was a sports story. So we actually ended up both talking about it from slightly different perspectives in, you know, one after another in the same 10 minute segment, which probably isn't ideal, but um, it shows how like it was so much interest for different aspects of the story. And later, I think I regularly covered it as a news story, whereas I think it stopped being so much of a sports story. Right. No, and that's the crazy thing. I think when it comes to just, you know, what we consider to be news and sports for the longest time, we think there's a kind of line of division there as to how serious is the story? Is it more about a player or or a game result as opposed to, you know, kind of more the hard news and saying this is a trial, this is a double murder. Like there's a lot more to the story. And I think especially now in 2020, we're seeing these lines kind of cross over a little bit more as to, you know, sports and news. If it's information, key information, it's got to get out there. Mm-hmm. But but as you said, multiple aspects to things, and that's really important. I want to transition a little bit more in terms of talking about your connection with your news director and another big event that, that happened while you were there is the inauguration of President Bill Clinton. Tell me a little bit about that, because Ithaca and Washington, what kind of connection is made there? Yeah, so this was, I think, a really great example of the leadership of our news director, Pippa Lowengard. Um, So she had the idea of requesting a press pass for WVBR News to cover Bill Clinton's inauguration. And another newscaster, Dana Hill, went down to D.C. to cover it. And it was it was really remarkable because, you know, we were focused on being, you know, the news source for Tompkins County, as our slogan went at that time. And I don't think it had occurred to the rest of us that we could be part of a national event like a presidential inauguration representing the station. And as I look at that now, it really is a good example of her leadership and having a vision that WVBR News could, you know, be on the national stage and figuring out how to get a press pass and making it happen. And so it was really cool um, just to have a reporter from VBR like there on the ground calling in the reports about what it was like and it was really energizing for the for the rest of us in the news department so i have to ask what's the process like because i've never done that before let alone i get a big celebration if i was just able to interview uh mayor Svante myrick the current mayor of the city of ithaca (laughs) yeah it was uh it was really like it was really fun just to talk with everybody about what was happening and hear dana's experiences from when he went down there and you know at this at the time also in the early 90s like everyone was there together at the station and so it was uh it was definitely like a festive atmosphere Mm -hmm. do you did you have any big stories or big experiences of your own while you were on the job in terms of who you think was the most important uh interview that you got or, or a big story that you were able to break just what sticks out to you in terms of other stories you were able to cover as a newscaster You know, there was no particular big story. I remember being really just out in the community a lot in the, um, at that time we were, we were all encouraged to participate in like three community meetings or community events a month and report on those. And so 
it was everything from, you know, city council meetings to political rallies. Um, actually, I remember there was, there was, uh, there was one event that was like, a, um, it was like sort of a body positivity kind of movement where a bunch of people got together and smashed their scales. And that one is, has uh, stuck with me over time. But those are the sort of, those are the sort of local events that uh, we really tried to cover at the time. And I love hearing that because really at the end of the day, that's who we want to be as WVVR, WVVR News, being with the community, being there at the events, no, no matter how serious or how crazy or how fun they can be. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, exactly. you never know what's going to happen. One thing that I do think we can standardize, though, is as a newscaster, the way we deliver news, and particularly one big thing is pronunciation. Why did you leave that note particularly for me to, to bring up in the interview? Yeah, so so I was in the Linden Avenue um, station, and we had this tiny news booth with a glass window that looked out over where the jock was sitting. And then the news booth, which was really like a phone booth, had all these paper signs with tips on them and reminders. And, you know, what I remember even now, decades later, is was a, a big sign with a picture that said the pronunciation of Iran is not I ran that had it and was demonstrated with a picture of an eye and a picture of a person running um, so that uh, we could so that we would never forget about that. Um, and at the time, we were trying to include a lot of international stories, too. And so that was definitely a relevant reminder. I think whoever made that picture is very creative. You know, we have to make <laughs> in all of these different posters for different things all the time every year, just, you know, and telling DJs how to pronounce things or, or how to promo things. I want to ask you a little bit more about particularly your connection with the brand, if I may ask. Do you remember what was the format back then uh, for WVBR? Sure. So the, the format was um, classic rock. Mm -hmm. would, did that ever attract you in terms of maybe potentially being a DJ or just is there particular uh, songs, music that you really loved while you, while you were roaming around the station? Uh, no, you know, I do regret not ever trading to be a DJ. I was um, I really was interested in doing the news and getting better at being a newscaster because there's always ways you can improve. And so that's what I was uh, that's what I was focused on. But looking back, I wish I had I wish I had trained to be a to be a, um, a jock. I think it would, it would have been uh, it would have been fun. I mean, it's never too late. I hear that a lot of alumni were very interested <laughs> for, for some of our alternative music. No, and, and I completely understand and respect that because when I was a news director my junior year, my sole focus was on news. And what was crazy about that time period was that the year previous we had just switched to the alternative format. I didn't know many artists, at least the ones that we were playing. So a year later, when I get elected general manager, I still had kind of a little to no knowledge uh, about alternative bands and alternative music. I was heavily relying on the on the music and program director to uh, help us out there. But, you know, I think more and more, a lot of alumni just say that they tune into the station and, and lo and behold, they'll get into the genre little by little. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have a lot of amazing alumni who went on to different career paths. And, and I don't think I know too much about yours. And I was wondering if I may ask a little bit about it in terms of what you learned at WVBR, if you were able to apply it going forward into your career path and just, you know, what stuck with you throughout all these years? Sure. So I, um, I'm a lawyer. So I went to law school right after Cornell mm -hmm. um, and I became a litigator and a trial lawyer. And then I was a prosecutor for a long time. And I think that my experience at WVBR definitely prepared me for that. Um, it's, uh, you learn, I think, as being a newscaster or anyone who's on the air, you learn like how 
you want to avoid dead air at any cost. Mm -hmm. And so you learn how to adjust on the fly and think quickly and think on your feet. And so it's, it's good preparation for standing up and being in court, frankly. And I also, I think what I really learned at BBR that I've definitely carried through with me to my career is that, you know, 10 seconds, for example, is a really long time. If you definitely want to avoid 10 seconds of dead air. And if you have say 10 seconds before you're supposed to go on and read your news reports, you can edit your work or formulate a thought and you can actually accomplish things in 10 seconds. And it forces you to work quickly and be efficient and not worry about perfection. Right. And uh, I think, you know, one last point about that is also that as a news, the newscaster and a news reporter, you know, I interviewed people and that is, that was sort of excellent preparation for, uh, interviewing witnesses later as a, as a prosecutor. And so when I, look, when I look back at my career, I can see a lot of the, a lot of, um, even though I didn't go into media or broadcasting, definitely I use today a lot of skills that I developed when I was at the station. And I love that, you know, it's funny thinking about um, you being a lawyer reminds me of my time in middle school and mock trial. I was also on the prosecution side and I love the cross-examination because you got to be able to ask the questions that haven't been asked yet, of course, without, you know, risking an objection. Mm -hmm. But I think the other big thing that, that um, could be added to that list is the ability to write. And you were saying this towards the tail end, the, the ability to communicate as well. Radio people, we know how to get straight to the point because we know we only have people's attention, their ears attention only for so long. And so we got to get in, get out and, and just land it. Absolutely. You learn how to be really concise and how to use as few words as possible to communicate a thought. And that is definitely a valuable skill as a lawyer. If there was an alum that you could work with that your years did not match with, who do you think you would want to work with and why? So I would say Keith Olbermann. And I know people of um, my era often mention his name. Um, but, you know, even then, when I was there in the early 90s, he was known as a success story. And he certainly is today. But he also was known as somebody who gave back to the station. Um, everything good at the station, like any sort of relatively new piece of equipment, but, you know, the thinking was that Keith Olbermann had provided it. And so he was, you know, he was a successful broadcaster, but also it seemed like he was just a really good person who wanted to give back. A legend, first of all, that echoes in the... the yep, yep. Because, you know, he generously helped pay for the Olbermann Cornelius Studios. Uh, but also... Were, were you at the alumni reunion event earlier this summer? Because um, that was the first time that I had a chance to interact with him at all. Such a gentleman, and, and he showed great interest in myself and a couple of other graduates asking what our plans were in the future uh, as of right now, and just gave great advice about just you know going forward with, with um, great humility and just determination. And I absolutely love that. And I love even that that was the first interaction with him. It took a pandemic to make it happen, but... <laughs> I did participate in that. It was um, it was such a great event, and it was so good to see everybody in their homes and energized about the station. It was really cool. Let me ask you this: because you know you had the chance to experience uh, VBR in such a different uh, era as to what we have now, and we were able to deliver some updates. In your personal opinion, what's been the the transition, the changes going from what radio was back in the day to you know what we see radio as today? Oh, there have been so many changes. I mean, one with the development of the um, of the internet. And um, I mean, just to give you a little perspective, it was my senior year at Cornell, so the fall of 1994, when we all first got email addresses. Um, and so 
like, you know, everyone was assigned like their Cornell email address at that time. And now like, so the development of the internet has changed everything, but it's also meant that there's a lot more competition for people's listening ears. Like, you know, um, when I was in school, people, a lot of people all the time listened to the radio and now you have a lot more competition, which I think then mm-hmm. I would imagine like forces everybody to really think hard about what kind of content to deliver and how to make it, how to really reach people. Um, but, and then I don't think any of us ever would have thought about the rise of podcasts like this one and how, how similar it is to radio shows, but in a completely, in a completely different format. Right. And I think that another, another change is that I think there's just fewer, there's fewer independent stations now. Um, it used to be that you could go, you know, you could graduate school and get a job at an independent station or an independent newspaper. And now those are now, now those are harder and harder to find. Yeah, we're the last uh, student run commercial radio station in the US back then. I think it was like six. At least that's the last number I heard before. Now we're the last person standing. Yes, there were not many at the time in the early 90s either. But it's like particularly impressive now that uh, VBR is the only one. You spoke about competition for a second and it sparked a thought again about the Cornell Daily Sun. The Cornell Daily Sun loves to keep their alumni involved as well. Have you been getting notices from them? Any invitations to events and any insider tips you want to spill over for the Cornell Media Guild to capitalize on? (laughs) Actually, I think, you know, it's I think the rivalry is so much that when I joined WVBR, that was it for me in the Cornell Daily Sun. Like nothing that I was persona non grata, actually, which is too bad because obviously people on both staffs have a lot in common and have a shared passion for journalism. But now I'm 100% VBR. (laughs) And that's what we like to hear. Um, My final question for you really is kind of a a catch all of things. If if there's anything that's on your mind, a message you would deliver to the students today at the Guild or or to fellow alumni that you've had a chance to reconnect with um, over the years and and in the reunion events, just anything that's left on your mind that you'd like to say and get off your chest? Yeah, it's a follow up on what I said about my career path. I think I would encourage all the students currently at WBBR to think about what you enjoy about working at the station and using those skills to help you decide on your career path if you don't already know, um, because it might be something broader than broadcasting or radio, but that you can use the skills that you're developing at WVBR, which is such a great training ground, and think about how you want to use those skills in your career later. And I would also encourage people to look for places to work that have a similar type of camaraderie of WVBR because once you've been in that environment with people with a shared mission and um, who are all sort of working together to accomplish something, I think you'll want to repeat it in other places that you go. That's such an, an amazing note to, to leave off of. I mean, you being a successful lawyer is a prime example. I've met other people as well that didn't necessarily go into media, but all the skills that they were able to develop, they, they went forward with into the career. And like you said, just enjoying the experience as well. I mean, I only had a chance to to experience two years at the Guild, but I'm so happy still. I'm happy for those two years. I'm happy to be involved as the next official uh, board of director member. And, you know, who knows? I keep telling uh, Jordan Gremley, our current chairman, saying I'm coming after his spot. So he's got to watch out. Uh, <laughs> in any case, Becky, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, and for all the fun and the stories. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. <laughs>